turn to John's Gospel, uh, chapter number 16. The Gospel of John, chapter number 16. And again, I do want to thank everyone for coming out this week, and, uh, and we still want to hear those testimonies. So if God done some things for you last week and you didn't get a chance to share, I want you to grab one of us on the staff, and uh, we'll be sure to give you an opportunity to tell of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 16. Are you there? We're going to start reading in verse number 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit, or the Paracletos, will not come to you, but, I, uh, but if I depart, and I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine <laughs> and declare it to you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your divine power this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that your power knows no bound. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us of your Holy Spirit that we might be able to accomplish the work that you have given to each and every one of us. Father, I pray this morning that there will be a revelation of who you are that there will be a fresh revelation, a fresh anointing, and God, that none of us will be the same having heard this message today. Holy Spirit, come and descend on us, descend on our minds, descend on our hearts. I pray that barriers right now will be broken down. The religious spirit will be broken down. Strongholds will be broken down. Walls will be broken down today. God, as you reveal who you are with great authority and with great power. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I'm excited about this new series. The series is entitled Holy Decisions. And so for the next month, we will be exploring and talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
And one of the things that I have discovered over the years of walking with the Lord, and I've been walking with the Lord now for many years, is that oftentimes you will discover that there's a whole lot of books about God and a whole lot of books about Jesus and, and who he is and, 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 and how he operated in the earth. But there's not a whole lot of uh, information about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit. Now, you must understand that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Get it? God sent his son, Jesus, to declare the love of God, and Jesus came to pay for our sins. After Jesus left, Jesus then sends his Holy Spirit, that his Holy Spirit might empower us to do the work that he wants us to do. So what that means is the only agent that God has on the earth today to help us is the Holy Spirit. Yet there are so many people that are confused about the Holy Spirit. You talk to some people, they say, well, the Holy Spirit is just a force. It's just an it. The Holy Spirit, as my brother joked about this morning, is just, it's just a wind. Or the Holy Spirit is just some thing that is out there that, that, that kind of gives me goosebumps. You know, it's the spirit in the spirit, that thing that kind of makes me shake. Uh, you know, some people relegate the spirit to just that, that the Holy Spirit is just there to give me goosebumps. The Holy Spirit is just there to really just make me feel good. The Holy Spirit is just there to make me slain in the spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm not here to say this morning that the Holy Spirit don't, that some things that happen in the lives of people, I'm not saying it's not authentic necessarily. But what I am saying is that that is not the primary mission of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not here just to give you an experience. The Holy Spirit is not here just to just, to just make you convulse and shake. I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of people that I know that convulse and they shake and they get slain in the spirit and they are not changed. Oh, I'm going to preach real good this morning. I'm going to talk the truth. The Holy Ghost is not just because you got the ooh. And so many people have misunderstood and misappropriate the Holy Spirit. And so here's what we got. We got a divide in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ. Some of you may be familiar with the argument. Some of you may not be familiar. But you got those. Take my glasses off so I can see you. So you got those, for example, who we call evangelicals or fundamentalists who say that, you know what, pastor? All I want is a real good Bible study. And I want some good singing. And, but all the manifestation, that prophecy, that spiritual stuff, and the manifestation of the spirit, I ain't interested in all that. Just give me a good word. Then you got the other folk who are heavy on the manifestations of the spirit. I mean, to them, it's all about the spirit. And, and to them, the folks who are just all about the word, they tend to squash the spirit. The problem with these folks sometimes is that they elevate the experience above the word. Ah. And so here's what happens is, is, is that, so you got this divide. You got this one group that's, man, I want this. It's, you got to be true to the word. You got this other group that's just all about the experience. Now, 
we got to be very careful because I believe that there's a kind of Christianity that honors the word of God and at the same time open to the things of the spirit. We can accomplish both. You see, here our foundation, we aim to, comp, to, 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 to be balanced. Everybody say balanced. So we talk about the Holy Spirit. I believe, and, and for many years, because I saw so many weird experiences, I've seen people bark. I've seen people laugh for 45 minutes to an hour. I've seen all kind of people turn into to lions, at least they say they are. I've seen all that, and, and a lot of that made me say, well, no, I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Get rid of all that. I don't need none of that stuff. Been there. Been there. But then I got a revelation because how many know that the word don't lie? So as I began to explore the word of God, I, I saw that, that, that there was vitality in the body, that there were constantly miracles and signs and wonders and, and God revealing himself in incredible ways. Oh boy, if you read the book of Acts, oh, over and over again, Philip over here and one place mentioned, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit lift them up and take them someplace else. And some of you be saying, well, well that ain't going to happen today. Let me, let me hasten to say that I believe until the Bible says certain things stop, I ain't going to say they stop. Who are you to put God in the box? God is a miracle-working God. This book, listen to me, church, this book is a supernatural book. And here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to get so hung up that we don't welcome the presence and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because God want to do some amazing things in our lives. But if we're not open to it, if, we're, if we got some hang-ups, then, then here's what will happen. We'll miss what God want to do. So there has to be an openness. Everybody say, openness to the things of the Spirit. It's a bunch of nobodies. Think about this for a moment. There was a bunch of nobodies that, 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 that caused the world to be turned upside down. The apostles, can I, can I tell you a little bit about the apostles? They were considered uneducated. They were broke. They were poor. They were considered ignorant. In fact, the Pharisees and everybody else would look at them and say, those guys, they are like... They are, you know, they're nuts. But how many know that once the Holy Spirit got a hold of them? Oh, everything changed because you cannot deny the power of God. And so when you, when you, when you understand that the Holy Spirit is God's agent here on the earth, and you understand that this book is a supernatural book, and yes, we must honor the word. Look at the neighbor and say, honor the word of God. How many know that we can be supernatural and we can be spiritual and we can be solid in the word all at the same time? In fact, I had some folks get a little mad at me sometimes, and I don't mind. I've been working on my convictions for a long time. I've been living this thing for a while. Let me tell you something. Uh, I'm not afraid of you with your bad self. Uh, uh, but, you know, there are some folks that I know that on, on a regular basis, they will elevate the experience beyond the scriptures. And how many know that all kinds of false religion and a lot of people get hurt 
because of your experience. Now, if your experience happens to line up with the word of God, I'm cool. But if your experience is telling you something that violates the integrity of the text, then you just got your experience. Yes. Yes, you just have your experience. So I'm going to do a little bit of teaching this morning. Is that okay? So I want you to get your pen. I want you to get your pencil. I want you to write. I got to do this this morning. Some of you said, Pastor, don't do this. I got to teach you. I got, I got to lay a foundation because this series is going to blow your mind. I'm, listen to me. Our church will never be the same after this series. Some of you looking like, I don't believe that. Well, that's because you just don't believe. You believe when I'm done. But I got to teach. So who is the Holy Spirit? Oh, you know. Who is it? I mean, what, pastor? Why do I need to be concerned? In other words, pastor, I'm already saved. I'm already going to heaven, right, pastor? So why do I, I'm speaking rhetorically here because I know I'm just thinking like you would think. Why do I really need to be concerned with the Holy Ghost? I am so glad you asked. I got an answer for you. Let's just give a little bit of information about the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? On your mark, get ready, get set, go. Number one, he is the third person of the Trinity. The, the Father is God. Listen to me. Jesus is God. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word what? Was God. John 4, 1, 14, and the Word, everybody say Word, word. became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, uh, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus also said this. I like this in John 10, verse 30 and 33. You just got to write these down because I don't have time to turn there. He says, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered, and say, answered him saying, for good work we don't stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself to be God. Jesus is God. But you know who else is God too? The Holy Spirit. The Holy, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now some folk would say this. Well, you know what? I don't understand. Let me, let, let me help you. How many know that there are some things that you will never understand this side of glory? You just got to come to, listen, the, I've heard people try to rationalize this intellectually. <laughs> I've heard all kinds of arguments, but the fact of the matter is, the Bible teaches that the Father, Son, and the Spirit, they are one. One God revealed in three persons. That's what the scripture teaches. How do we know the Holy Spirit is God? For example, Acts 5, verses 3 and 4. Go ahead and run there real quick. I'm going to give you two seconds. One, two. All right. But Peter... Ananias and Sapphira, i give you a little bit of background. So Ananias and Sapphira, they come in, the Holy Spirit is moving. I mean, people are getting healed, people are getting delivered, there's spontaneity of, of grace flowing all over the place. God is just bringing people out. I mean, the Spirit of God was moving so powerfully that just two people acted up and God decided to take them home early. Ananias and Sapphira. What did they do, Pastor? Well, everybody else was selling their property. You know, and then they were bringing all the proceeds and they were landing at the apostles' feet. But the anointing was so strong, everybody was doing the same thing. Let me tell you something, there's power in unity. 
So everybody came. Everybody was giving it. And also, Ananias and Sapphira said, well, we're going to act like we're doing the same thing like everybody else doing. We're going we're gonna to put on a show. We're going to act like we, we're selling all our stuff and giving our money, but, but, but we're really not going to do it. Uh, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna act like it. And boy, when they did that, something terrible happened. Ooh, look at, look at verse 3 and 4. But Peter said to Ananias, Acts 5, verses 3 and 4, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the, who? The Holy Spirit. And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. But then at first he said he lied to who? Come on, everybody. Come on. He lied to who? He lied to who? Say it nice love. He lied to who? Talk like you're enthusiastic. He lied to who? He lied to the Holy Spirit. But while it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but you lied to who? One and the same. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we're going to learn this morning. The Holy Spirit, here's the second point. The Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Write that down. The Holy Spirit, now listen to me. Listen to me. The Bible says, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can't fake it to make it. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you do not belong to God. Hey, this thing is real. Are you listening to me this morning? He says in Ephesians verses, verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I'm going somewhere. I'm building. Stay with me. He said, in him, in him, Jesus, you, after you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also having believed. Everybody say believed. believed. How many of you believed? How many of you believed? How many of you believe you were sealed? Listen to this. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of, the, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. You see, the Holy Spirit in us is God's down deposit. Anybody who did a uh, deposit, you know. You know, the deposit says, look, that, 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 that belonged to me. The Holy Spirit in every believer is God's guarantee that you, you and I belong to him. However, look at the neighbor and say, that's good news. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says this. Oh, do you not know that your body, your body is the temple of what? The Holy Spirit who is where? In you whom you have from God, and you are not your own. How many of you have ever thought about that? He says, you don't belong to yourself. You are not your own. You are God's property. The brother said this morning that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and that means you too. <laughs> and everything that in it belongs to God. Now, as it, as it relates to redemption and salvation, those who have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them, you're the temple. 
You are the temple. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. In fact, I like this verse in Romans 8, 16. I'm quoting a lot of verses. Write them down because we can't turn there. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Every one of us are the children of God. How many know in your spirit? If you're saved, you know in your spirit you belong to God. You just know it because your spirit talks to God and you know, man, I know I'm a child of the living God. Uh, now watch this. Say, y'all still with me? Say amen. The third point, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. You know why the Holy Spirit can be grieved? Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. I got to teach you this, right? The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not some force. It's not just something. It's just not some activity. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the person. He's the third part of the Trinity. He is God. Now watch. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, if you've been saved for a little while, you know what it's like when you grieve the Holy Spirit? It'll make you sick. Have anybody ever sinned against God and you know you sinned against God and, and there's something inside of you, you're just like, oh, oh, God, I shouldn't have did that. Oh, God. But see now, if you can sin against God and you ain't got nothing of that going on, you need to go back and do a checkup. Make sure you're in the kingdom. I didn't say you were perfect. I said when you sin against God, there's something. You grieve the Holy Spirit. You know we can grieve the Holy Spirit and make him sorry with our actions, with how we treat each other. See, think about it this way. Every person in here, if you're a believer, and I'm going to assume that you are, I hope you are, you, you, you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. So there's a certain way that I always must treat you and communicate to you and or about you. <laughs> oh, I had to throw that in there. Why? Because you're God's property. See, he said, don't grieve. We can make the Holy Spirit sorry. Jesus said, he, he. He always referred to the Spirit of God as he will lead you into all truth. He, he, the Holy Spirit is a person. Number four, the Holy Spirit also chooses people for ministry and assigned gifts. Acts 13, 2. Are you still with me? Say amen. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, we just did that. Am I right about it? The Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. You know, it's a bad thing to get in the way or trouble somebody that's been called by God. How I many know, and it's a, it's a terrible thing to be jealous over somebody else's gift because God is the one that gives gifts. Am I right about it? Say Amen. So why I'm going to be, look, why I'm going to be jealous as sister honoring because she's more gifted than me if God is the one that gave her the gift. You're hearing me. So God has gifted you. God has, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. But the, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 11, write it down. I'm giving you this because I don't want to come back to this because for the next few weeks we're going to be digging deep. So I, I want you to get this down in your spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. You still with me? Say amen. amen. But the manifestation 
of the Spirit is given to each one, watch this, for the profit of all, right? For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Uh -huh. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Well, I don't believe in healing today. Well, that's your problem. It ain't mine. I'm praying for healing. I'm going to believe that God is my healer. To another, the working of miracles. Oh, do you believe in miracles? You better believe in miracles. You read about them. Why you read? How many know you read this Bible? It's loaded with them. Loaded. God, how many know pardon Red Seas? That's, that's, that's a, I wish I could have been there to see that. How many ever seen the Ten Commandments? They tried real hard, didn't they? They parted that Red Sea, but boy, I, I, I it ain't nothing like the, I would just like to have been there. God is a supernatural God. Working a miracle to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. These are gifts to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as who will? He will. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the one that equips and gives gifts to the body of Christ. Number five, the Holy Spirit, he communicates with us. Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear. He who, how many of you have an ear today? Amen. How many of you are having an ear? I mean, how many of you really have an ear today? Amen. I pray before I start this sermon, God, let some walls come down. Let some strongholds come down. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the what? Churches. See, he who has an ear, Revelation 2, 7. So hear, hear this. God not only speaks to you individually, but he speaks to us collectively. He speaks to the church. That's why it's important to come to church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because the Holy Spirit has a message. Well, I just come to church and I'll just get the word. Well, maybe the word for you would have been at the door when sister so-and-so greeted you. She might have had the word that you wanted because God always does things unconventional. Well, I thought I would get it from you. Well, maybe it ain't my turn. The Holy, if the Holy Spirit is here, I want to be here because I never know what he's going to do. I never know how he's going to work. How many know that? Listen to me. The, 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 the church is not supposed to just, it's not meant to be devoid of the Spirit. It's just not meant to be a church where we just read work. I believe, listen to me, where we just read words on pages. I believe the book of Acts is still happening. Y'all know, y'all ain't receiving it. I think the story ain't been told yet. There's still stuff happening. The book of Acts, God can do some amazing things in your life if you believe and if you receive and understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings life. He brings vitality. He brings enthusiasm. He brings excitement. Why? Because he's just doing stuff all the time. You never know what the Holy Spirit can do. Number six, the Holy Spirit empowers for ministry. He empowers. Everybody say empowers. Uh, Luke 4, 14. You remember Jesus. The Bible says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit <laughs> to Galilee. And news of him went throughout all the surroundings. You know, also, Jesus was led in the Spirit 
uh, in the wilderness to kick the devil's butt. Y'all know that? Jesus was led, the scripture said that Jesus was led in the wilderness by the Spirit. God led Jesus through the Spirit of God into the wilderness. Remember he had that big old fight with the devil? And the devil said, if you be the son of God, won't you turn these stones bread? And Jesus smacked him right in the face. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's why we got to make sure that we got to ask ourselves the question. Is it written? Is it written? Is it written? And in order to know that it's written, what do you got to do? You got to know it. It is written. Jesus, I, I, I marveled at that. Do you have a mark? I mean, Jesus kept saying, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And he, he knew the word, did he not? How many know if Jesus did that, you know we ought to go even further than that church. Oh, we got to know the word. Don't, no, oh, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to come back to that in a second. All right, stay with me. So Jesus, so watch this. The disciples, for an example, in Acts chapter 1, verses 5 and 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus said to them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Well, hold up, Jesus. Hold up now. You've been my teacher. I've been with you for three years. I've seen what you do. In fact, Jesus, I, I, I could just do it like you. I mean, you taught me, right, Jesus? I, I, I'm ready to go now. Have you, have you ever been just, you just ready to go? And the Holy Spirit said, no, you ain't ready yet. <laughs> you want to listen to that? That'll save you a lot of problems. Oh, gee, that's a whole nother sermon. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. But he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now understand something about that. So Peter, you remember Peter? Peter was the one who was kind of quick with the lips, quick mouth. Peter cursed a little bit. You know, Peter was a cusser. Scripture said Peter cursed. <laughs> Y'all said, buddy, that's not true. Go read your Bible. Peter Kirk. I don't know him. I, I saw you with Jesus. Weren't you? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't, I don't, I don't know him. <laughs> Peter was impulsive. He had an air of superiority about him. But you know, when them soldiers came and when they arrested Jesus, Peter ran. Look, you remember Peter saying, Lord. How many of you ever said that? Lord, if everybody else walk away, I ain't going to do that, God. I ain't going to. God, I'm going to stay faithful. Peter said, and I believe Peter meant every word of it. Amen. Peter said, Lord, if everybody else going to. Jesus looked at him. Jesus looked at him. Now, you know, if Jesus looked at you and tell you something, just shut your mouth. Say, so you're right. Even if you don't believe, show you're right. Show you're right, Jesus. Show you're right. Jesus said, Peter, you say you love me. Oh, Peter, but before the rooster crows a few times, you're going to deny me. No, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, Jesus, no, you got that wrong. I'm your boy. I mean, everybody else, they, they all right, but I'm special delivery here. I got a super anointing. They're going to run, they're going to run, but me, Jesus, I'm going to be right here. You know, them soldiers came, them swords, oh, Peter took off. Just like the rest of the Bible says, the disciples forsook him. Everybody ran. They were cowards. But then something happened in Acts chapter 2. 
In Acts chapter 2. Remember Acts chapter 2? Verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of what? Fire. And one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now understand something. That before the disciples were cowered, all of a sudden, when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them, now Peter is preaching to thousands. Now they're saying, we're ready to suffer for Jesus' sake. We're ready to go through. We, they weren't afraid no more. There were a couple of times when they, a fear tried to come up on them, and they prayed. They said, Lord God, well, God, they're coming up against us, God. Oh, God, they're threatening us. Oh, God, grant thy servant boldness that we might speak the word of God. And let me tell you, the Bible said that the whole room shook. And they were filled with boldness, and they stepped out Amen. like a lion. And the Bible said that many of them counted joy to be uh, beat down for Jesus. I paraphrase, but you got the point. You see, because when the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, things changed. See, when we understand the power of the Holy Spirit, when you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, God can take you any place. Some of you, you limit yourself. Well, I ain't going to never do. You don't know. Listen, if you open to the spirit of God, you say, Holy Spirit, use me. Use me. God will take you. You never know where you will end up. You never know. That's why we, we say, Lord, breathe on us. Breathe on us. Why? Because his presence is there to empower you. I, I'm still going. I, I got to keep moving. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Hey, say amen. Where, where am I? All right. And so look at this. So let's go back to our main text here. So. Our main text in John chapter 16. You're already in John chapter 16. Now listen to this. Listen. Now, I, I, want, I got to lay this into you. Okay, here we go. Are you ready to say amen? Okay. I, I need everybody to say amen. Come on, come on. Come on, help me. All right, here we go. He says, now, Jesus told the disciples. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, look, here, here's what's going to happen. Jesus told the disciples that he was going away. He said, now, sorrow has filled your heart. Why has sorrow filled your hearts? Because to the disciples, Jesus, we've been with you all this time. Why are you going to leave us? How I many of you probably been thinking the same thing? Jesus, don't go nowhere. Jesus said, I got to go. And many of us have been like, I mean, maybe me too. Wait a minute, Lord, where are you going? I don't need you to, I need you to stay right here. Don't leave me, Jesus. Don't leave me. I need your physical presence, God. I mean, you've been our teacher. I mean, you've cornered the Pharisees. You spoke words of life that nobody had ever heard ever. Jesus, don't go nowhere. But to make matters worse, Jesus said, actually, uh, <laughs> where is it at? In verse number seven, he, he, he says now, um, it is to your advantage. <laughs> that I go away. How is that going to benefit me that you leaving? How? How does Jesus leaving the earth going to really benefit me? How? Mm. Jesus said, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, will not come in you, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, understand, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Jesus had a, Jesus had a mission that was given him by God. Now, Jesus gave a mission. He sent the Holy Spirit. He said, now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the difference? What is the difference? Well, uh, John 14, verses 16 and 18. Just write it down. Jesus says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or know him, but, but you know him, but he dwells with you. And here it is. And he will be where? In you. I will not leave you as orphans. Now hear that. Jesus knew this. Although it didn't make sense initially to the disciples, it was better to have the Holy Spirit in them than it was to have the physical Jesus with them. See, it's one thing to have Jesus or a person, for example, beside me. But Jesus said, no, 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 I'm not going to leave you as orphan. I'm not really leaving you, you see, because I'm going to fix it so that I'm going to get down inside of you. Y'all still don't get it. In other words, in other words, Jesus said, look, look, I'm not just going to be beside you. You're not going to have to run and say, where he is? Where, where is he? There's water in the boat. The boat about to tip over. Where Jesus at? Somebody go find him. Somebody go wake him up. Wake him up. Wake him up. He, 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 Jesus can't be every place at one time. But the spirit of God can. He says, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you so much power. I'm going to, you, you want to be close to me? I'm going to be inside of you. You have the, listen to me, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He said, I'm, listen, so he's closer to me now than he ever was before. See, we're even closer when, when the disciples had Jesus. We're closer because he lived inside of us than when the disciples had his physical presence with them. Because he said, I'm now inside of you. How many know that's good news? So now I have this, I have my Jesus, the one who turned water to wine, the one who healed the sick, the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. I have all that living down on the inside of me. The possibilities are endless. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Woo! And I'm going to be inside of you, boy. I got to go. Peter, stop crying. What are you crying for, boy? Boy, I'm going to get inside of you. I'm going to be close to you. Draw me close to you. Can't get no closer than that. <laughs> Woo! And the Holy Spirit right now is working deep down on the inside of us. And so as that spirit, well, listen to me. Here's another thing about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, from one, he says, Jesus told the disciples he was going away, but he's not really going away. I'm getting closer. He said, it's to your advantage because I'm going to be inside of you. And then he says, then watch this. In verse number eight, the spirit of God in us, it convicts. How many of you have ever been convicted by the Holy Ghost? 
How many of you right now, you're praying for some folk that you know that don't know Jesus and you want them to come to Jesus? You know what, you know what, what changes people to come, what makes people come to Jesus? Sometimes it ain't you yelling and screaming at them and being mad at them because they ain't responding. It's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the Spirit to get into the kingdom of God. So what we need to do is spend more time saying, Lord Jesus, open my brother or my sister's eyes that they might see and get saved. God, open their eyes. I got the spirit on the inside of me and the Holy Spirit convicts. You can't convict nobody. And some of you know when you try it real hard because you're hoarse and you're mad when you walk away from them. That's because you tried too hard. You were in the flesh. You got ticked off. Bible says in verse 13, listen, look at what it says. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. How many of the Holy Spirit leads in guides? So if, let's say, for example, you're sitting here and you're single. All the single ladies, single. Men. Whatever. <laughs> I'm free as a bird. Y'all can say what you want. All right. So... <laughs> So, so uh, I lost my chain of thought. So, if you're single, for an example, and you got Mr. Casanova throwing y'all them lines, you fine, you look good, and 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 boy, and everything about their life, they look good. They go to church. Do you read the Bible? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sure, I read my Bible. Yes, I. I do you believe in God? Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, how many people then, then, took, then, got, then took that bait and boy, and they woke up and said, oh my God, I got a monster beside me. <laughs> so what you do, and here's what you need. See, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That's why he's there. You say, look, Holy Spirit of God, everything looks right on the outside. But Holy Spirit, you know truth. Will you please reveal to me if this joker the real deal or he's fake? I believe the Holy Spirit will show you, but the problem is sometimes we want what we want. You, you remember that movie, uh, A Few Good Men, when uh, Jack Nicholson and I think it was, uh, I see the boy, Tom Cruise, somebody, and he, uh, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Y'all remember that scene? There's a lot of people, they don't really want the truth. You don't want to hear the Holy Spirit. But how many know if you're listening to the Holy Spirit and if you're in tune to the Holy Spirit, God will lead you into all truth. He, he's there to guide you. He's there to guide you about where you want to live. The Holy, listen to me. The Holy Spirit will guide you about who to marry. The Holy Spirit will guide you about what church to go to. The Holy Spirit will guide you about your career. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you and guide you. But you've got to be open to him. Because sometimes he's going to lead you and guide you some things that you, don't make sense to you. Well, I don't want that. Well, well do you, you got to decide that he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Are you, are you hearing me say amen? Watch this. He, he leads me. He guides me. Then watch this. Verse number 13. Look at verse 13 of John chapter 16. Verse 13 and 14. Let's read that verse. And when he... Watch this. The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you in all truth. Everybody say truth. truth. 
Truth is the truth no matter who says it, who, no matter where it is. Truth is truth. For he will speak not of his own authority. Here's a, here, this is what the characterization of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. This is Jesus. Jesus, the Holy Spirit will glorify me and he will take up what is mine, Jesus, and de declare it unto you. Now, now, let me start right here. I, I got to deal with this for one moment. I'm going to pick just a little bit. Is that okay? How many know, and you hear people say this, well, I had one guy, one guy told me this one time, and I was talking to him about what the Bible says, and we said, he says to me, I don't, I don't care what the books, and finally, I mean, he, he kept hinting, hinting, hinting toward it the whole time we were talking, because I had a little disagreement, because I was more talking about, well, what, what does the say about how we supposed to handle that? And he didn't want to really hear it, so he finally came out, he said, look, I don't care what the book said, the Spirit of God spoke to me. This is what we deal with. The Spirit of God spoke to me. And there are some folk, if they're really honest, listen to me. Are you still listening? Say amen. There are some folk that will sit there and tell you the Spirit of God says something, and you know that the Spirit of God ain't say that because it's in total contradiction to what his word says. The Holy Spirit ain't going to ever tell you anything. What kind of God would, would say the heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away? He will ordain this book, and then he's going he to give you a word that goes against the book. What kind of God is that? How people say, well, the Spirit, I, I know, but the Spirit just spoke to me, and he just told me to do it. Clear violation. But Jesus said the Spirit is going to take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit ain't going to ever, ever contradict the word. If somebody got a prophetic word for you, I don't all for a prophetic word, but, but you know, I, hold, I test all things by the word. I'll hear what you got to say. But soon as I, as quick as I can get there, I'm going to go like this. I can be supernatural, and I can be open to the manifestation of the Spirit. But we can't listen. Jesus, he, he's never, ever the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. I don't, listen, don't elevate your experience about the Word. Have your experience, but make sure that you can back it up with Scripture. People want to know, what well, Pastor, how do you think? That's how I think. I'm not about tradition. You know, I, I, can I say in closing? Let me say, I've been there, done that. I've seen it all. I come up, I come up, I, listen, I, come, I had to come around the bend. I came up in evangelical, fundamental background. I'm going to tell you something, boy, you had told me anything about some supernatural stuff, man. I'm looking at you like, man, get out of here with that. I've seen too. I've been there, done that. And I've come full circle where I've come to understand that you can be, you can have sense and be a Christian. And be super, that, that, that not all Christians, just because we have an experience, that we're stupid. Uh, I, I believe in healing. I believe that God can give a prophetic word. I believe that God can speak in the people. I believe all of it. Because when I read the book of Acts, that's all I see. I see God doing amazing things, people being touched, lives being healed, prophetic word, an, an, stuff all over the people. I mean, everything possible. That's not coming to church. I really believe anything can be possible. If somebody, listen, if somebody fell dead right here in the church, I'll pray for them to raise up from the dead. Amen. God might do it. He might. I don't know, but I'm going to pray it. Amen. 
Get up in Jesus' name. Why should I be like, well, uh, that ain't for me today. I don't know. I mean, they, they did that in the old, in the new day, back in their day, but they, 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 God ain't doing that no more. Ain't, ain't no more words, no prophetic. We just got the words, so we don't need no prophetic word. And here's the problem with that. There's an opportunity for the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit to come amongst us afresh, but we ain't opening to it. And there's a whole dynamic. Here's where I realized that there was a whole dynamic of my walk with God that had been shut off because of some crazy, extreme abuses of other people. So I threw the baby out with the bathwater. And when I got that revelation, I said, hold up, God, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, 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 I need to go back. I, I need to be open. But I, I, when I realized I can be biblical and be spiritual, I'm good. I'm good. So I test everything. But Pastor, you're a little bit too skeptical. Well, down days, you got to be. Because the devil, how many know the devil do miracles too? He do a whole lot of them. You don't really devil. The devil can do a whole lot of miracles. Remember in, in Children of Israel, when, 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 when Moses was throwing down his staff and turning his snakes, oh, they were throwing down that stuff and turning his snakes too. Everything that's supernatural looked like a miracle ain't necessarily mean it's of God. That's a whole other thing. I got to get there another time. Every head is bowed, your eyes closed. Father, we thank you this morning for the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray this morning that God, that many of us, perhaps we've, Father, we, we never really understood the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Maybe, God, we've, we've shut off a whole part of our walk with you because, Father, we just have not been open to the things of God. Maybe somebody's sitting here today, Lord, and they just didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was, what the, what's the function of the Holy Spirit, and yet the Holy Spirit is critical to our lives as Christians. It, he's with us to guide us, to lead us, to empower us, to help us, to strengthen us, to build us up, and to encourage us. So much, Lord, that your Holy Spirit do. God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, God will get a very fresh understanding of the Holy Spirit, and that God, that there would be an openness. Some of us, Lord, have come out of places that we've just shut it down. We shut it off because we've seen the abuses, Lord. But God, I pray you will open our heart to the true manifestation. Wherever there's a counterfeit, there got to be a real someplace. Whenever there's a counterfeit, there's a real. God, open our eyes to the real. Open our eyes to the truth. God, we believe your word. We believe your word. And maybe there's some sitting here this morning you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, and you know it. Nobody's talking, nobody's moving, please. I need everybody praying right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts right now. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. You know exactly where you are. You know where you are. You know if you're just going through the motions or just making everybody think. But you really, really haven't relinquished authority over to Christ yet. You have a form of godliness, but there's no power emulated from your life. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Gary, the truth of the matter is, I don't have the Spirit of God inside of me. I have knowledge. I have information. I even have a little bit of wisdom. But truthfully, I don't know if I died at this moment. I have no idea if I would go and be with Jesus. 
If that's you this morning, please sit your hand up. I want to pray for you. Come give your life to Jesus today. Don't worry about the person beside you. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one who say, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. I'm not saved. I want to give my life to him today. I want to give my life to him today. The Bible says, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? This love is too deep. This love is too strong. Our God is too mighty. He's too good for you to walk out of this room and not be changed today. And not be changed. I'm not talking about what you did one time when you came before the church. I'm not talking about even if you got baptized. I'm talking about if you gave your heart to Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. You say, Pat, I've never really given my heart to Jesus. If that's you, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Is there one? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again, God, for the great power of your spirit. God, I pray for our church today that there will be a new openness to the things of God. God, I pray that, uh, God, that, that little affirmations along the way, even this week, God, are supernatural manifestations of your presence, God. Do something amazing to let your people know that you're with them. Father, do little miracles, little things, God. Just, just affirm to your people that you are the God of the living and you're not the God of the dead. You are a God that is alive and you are a God that is still working in the hearts of men today. You still care about who we marry. You still care about our families. You still care about who we can uh, connect with. You still, Lord, care about our spiritual way of being. You still, God, are plotting a course for us, oh God. Show your people, Lord, in a magnificent and powerful way your presence. Holy Spirit of God, I just want everybody, while you're sitting, just lift your hands right where you are, please. This is just an act of surrender to the Holy Spirit. And, and, just, and just pray this prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Holy Spirit. Come on, say it nice and loud. Don't, listen, let's believe God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your power. Empower me. Use me. Keep me in your truth. I am open to the things of the Spirit. Show me the real. Expose the counterfeit. I know that you're God of the supernatural. And I receive whatever you want to do in me and through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a great time for us. This is the part of our service where we go into our communion service. I want to take a moment. This is a great time to have communion. And just uh, take a moment, the Bible says, and examine your hearts. As we take communion together, we reconnect with our Lord in a very unique and fresh way. Communion is symbolic of our oneness with Jesus. And today, in a very special way, symbolic of our relationship with Him through the Holy Spirit. But before we take communion, we want to make sure that we give it due diligence. Take a moment. If there's anything in your heart you need to confess before we take communion, I want you to do that. The Holy Spirit wants to clean us today in a very fresh way. Every time we take communion, I believe spiritually there's a cleansing and there's a renewal if our hearts are open to that. So let's take a moment and just ask the Lord to search your hearts.
ask the Lord to search your hearts, and then we'll follow the direction of the ushers, and then we'll uh, get the communion cups, and then we'll go back and we'll serve uh, the communion together. We'll take communion together. So let's take a moment. of the ushers um, to stand to your feet, everybody. He'll direct you to come up and get the cup. And then we'll go back and we'll take it I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. And God, we anxiously await for your return. Father, while we wait for your return, empower us by your spirit to continue to be faithful to you and to live the life, Father, that you want us to live in the earth. Empower every one of us, God, to walk worthy of the calling of which you put on us, O God. 
We thank you and we praise you. Let us eat together. God, you said in your word that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. God, we thank you that your blood covers us. That because your blood was spilled, we are all gathered here today to celebrate, to honor, and to give thanks to a great and awesome God. Jesus, your blood has sanctified us. Your blood has cleansed us. And your blood right now, God, I pray that as we prepare to Give take this cup this morning, which is symbolic of your blood, God, I pray, God, that if anyone need healing, if anyone, Give Lord God, need a sense of uh, direction, Lord, if somebody have fallen into sin, Lord, and they want to be set free today, God, I pray they will be set free. I pray there will be a cleansing effect because your blood never lose its power. In the same manner, he took the cup. He said, this cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. God is true. He is true. He can never lie. This do as often as you drink it. Do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death and it comes again. Father, we love you. We thank you for this, your blood. We reunite with you in a very fresh way. Renew us in our hearts. Renew us in our spirits as we drink. Let us drink together. Amen, amen. Just pass those cups to your right. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Y'all like it? Was it a little bit warmer today for you? Amen. I am so glad. I did get up this morning and I was a little worried. I said, I hope they don't have that air on today. The people of God will never forgive me. So anyway, so I'm glad that uh, the weather and everything was great. But you know what? Even more importantly, the word was good today. Amen. Because God spoke to us. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise. And you know, you know one, one of the other ways that you know something is of the Spirit of God is, is that it draws attention to Jesus, not to the person. The Spirit of God always draws attention to him. And so, Lord, we thank you today because you are the great and mighty one. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your spirit and for giving us power. Let's lift our hands to the King. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all of God's great people said, amen. Amen. Give Jesus another praise. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bless you.
You're listening to the sound.